Welcome to the Buddha's Wisdom Podcast. In this second series of the Buddha's Wisdom Podcast, we are going through the Majjhima Nikaya, the Middle Discourses of the Buddha. This episode is the 25th Sutta of the Majjhima Nikaya, the Nirvapa Sutta, which is listed on Sutta Central with both the translated English titles of Fodder and also Sowing. In this Sutta, the Buddha compares getting trapped by Mara with a deer getting caught in a snare, illustrating the ever more complex strategies employed by the hunted to get free from the trap set by the hunter. This translation of the Nirvapa Sutta is by Bhikkhu Sajato and was sourced from Sutta Central. This and other useful links can be found in the show notes to this episode. The Nivapa Sutta Fodder So I have heard. At one time the Buddha was staying near Savati in Jeta's Grove, Anatapindaka's monastery. There the Buddha addressed the mendicants. Mendicants! Venerable sir, they replied. The Buddha said this. Mendicants, a sower does not sow seed for deer thinking. May the deer enjoy this seed, be healthy and in good condition. May they live long and prosper. A sower sows seed for the deer thinking. When these deer encroach on where I sow the seed, they'll recklessly enjoy eating it. They'll become indulgent, then they'll become negligent and then I'll be able to do what I want with them on account of this seed. And indeed, the first herd of deer encroached on where the sower sowed the seed and recklessly enjoyed eating it. They became indulgent, then they became negligent, and then the sower was able to do what he wanted with them on account of that seed. And that's how the first herd of deer failed to get free from the sower's power. So then a second herd of deer thought up a plan. The first herd of deer became indulgent and failed to get free of the sower's power. Why don't we avoid eating the seed altogether? Avoiding dangerous food, we can venture deep into a wilderness region and live there. And that's just what they did. But when it came to the last month of summer, the grass and water ran out. Their bodies became much too thin and they lost their strength and energy. So they returned to where the sower has sown the seed. Encroaching, they recklessly enjoyed eating it, and that's how the second herd of deer failed to get free from the sower's power. So then a third herd of deer thought up a plan. The first and the second herds of deer failed to get free of the sower's power. Why don't we set up our lair close by where the sower has sown the seed? Then we can encroach and enjoy eating without being reckless. We won't become indulgent, then we won't become negligent, and then the sower won't be able to do what he wants with us on account of that seed. And that's just what they did. So the sower and his helpers thought, Wow, this third herd of deer is so sneaky and devious. They must be some kind of unnatural spirits with magical abilities for they eat the seed we've sown without us knowing how they come and go. Why don't we surround the seed on all sides by staking out high nets? Hopefully, we might get to see the lair where they go to hide out. And that's just what they did. 
And they saw the lair where the third herd of deer went to hide out. And that's how the third herd failed to get free from the sower's power. So then a fourth herd of deer thought up a plan. The first, second and third herds of deer failed to get free of the sower's power. Why don't we set up our lair somewhere the sower and his helpers can't go? Then we can intrude on where the sower has sown the seed and enjoy eating it without being reckless. We won't become indulgent, then we won't become negligent, and then the sower won't be able to do with them what he wants on account of that seed. And that's just what they did. So the sower and his helpers thought, Wow, this fourth herd of deer is so sneaky and devious. They must be some kind of unnatural spirits with magical abilities. For they eat the seed we've sown without us knowing how they come and go. Why don't we surround the seed on all sides by staking out high nets? Hopefully we might get to see the lair where they go to hide out. And that's just what they did. But they couldn't see the lair where the fourth herd of deer went to hide. So the sower and his helpers thought, if we disturb this fourth herd of deer, they'll disturb others, who in turn will disturb even more. Then all of the deer will escape this seed we've sown. Why don't we just keep an eye on that fourth herd? And that's just what they did. And that's how the fourth herd of deer escaped the sower's power. I've made up this simile to make a point, and this is what it means. Seed is a term for the five kinds of sensual stimulation. Sower is a term for Mara the wicked. Sower's helpers is a term for Mara's assembly. Deer is a term for ascetics and Brahmins. Now, the first group of ascetics and Brahmins encroached on where the seed and the worldly pleasures of the flesh were sown by Mara and recklessly enjoyed eating it. They became indulgent, then they became negligent, and then Mara was able to do what he wanted with them on account of that seed and the worldly pleasures of the flesh. And that's how the first group of ascetics and Brahmins failed to get free from Mara's power. This first group of ascetics and Brahmins is just like the first herd of deer, I say. So then a second group of ascetics and Brahmins thought up a plan. The first group of ascetics and Brahmins became indulgent and failed to get free of Mara's power. Why don't we avoid eating the seed and the worldly pleasures of the flesh altogether? Avoiding dangerous food, we can venture deep into a wilderness region and live there. And that's just what they did. They ate herbs, millet, wild rice, poor rice, water lettuce, rice bran, scum from boiling rice, sesame flour, grass or cow dung. They survived on forest roots and fruits or eating fallen fruit. But when it came to the last month of summer, the grass and water ran out. Their bodies became much too thin and they lost their strength and energy. Because of this, they lost their heart's release, so they went back to where Mara had sown the seed and the worldly pleasures of the flesh. Intruding on that place, they recklessly enjoyed eating them. And that's how the second group of ascetics and Brahmins failed to get free from Mara's power. This second group of ascetics and Brahmins 
is just like the second herd of deer, I say. So then a third group of ascetics and Brahmins thought up a plan. The first and second groups of ascetics and Brahmins failed to get free of Mara's power. Why don't we set up our lair close by where Mara has sown the seed and these worldly pleasures of the flesh? Then we can encroach on it and enjoy eating without being reckless. We won't become indulgent, then we won't become negligent. And then Mara won't be able to do what he wants with us on account of that seed and those worldly pleasures of the flesh. And that's just what they did. Still, they had such views as these. The cosmos is eternal, or the cosmos is not eternal. The world is finite, or the world is infinite. The soul and the body are the same thing, or the soul and the body are different things, or that after death a realised one still exists, or no longer exists, or both still exist and no longer exists, or neither still exists nor no longer exists. And that's how the third group of ascetics and Brahmins failed to get free from Mara's power. This third group of ascetics and Brahmins is just like the third herd of deer, I say. So then a fourth group of ascetics and Brahmins thought up a plan. The first, second and third groups of ascetics and Brahmins failed to get free of Mara's power. Why don't we set up our lair where Mara and his assembly can't go? Then we can encroach on where Mara has sown the seed and those worldly pleasures of the flesh and enjoy eating without being reckless. We won't become indulgent, then we won't become negligent, and then Mara won't be able to do what he wants with us on account of that seed and those worldly pleasures of the flesh. And that's just what they did. And that's how the fourth group of ascetics and Brahmins got free from Mara's power. This fourth group of ascetics and Brahmins is just like the fourth herd of deer, I say. And where is it that Mara and his assembly can't go? It's when a mendicant, quite secluded from sensual pleasures, secluded from unskillful qualities, enters and remains in the first absorption, which has rapture and bliss born of seclusion, while placing the mind and keeping it connected. This is called a mendicant who has blinded Mara, put out his eyes without a trace, and gone where the wicked one cannot see. Furthermore, as the placing of the mind and keeping it connected are stilled, a mendicant enters and remains in the second absorption, which has the rapture and bliss born of immersion, with internal clarity and mind at one, without placing the mind and keeping it connected. This is called a mendicant who has blinded Mara. Furthermore, with the fading away of rapture, a mendicant enters and remains in the third absorption, where they meditate with equanimity, mindful and aware, personally experiencing the bliss of which the noble ones declare, equanimous and mindful, one meditates in bliss. This is called a mendicant who has blinded Mara. Furthermore, giving up pleasure and pain, and ending former happiness and sadness, a mendicant enters and remains in the fourth absorption, without pleasure or pain, with pure equanimity and mindfulness. This is called a mendicant who has blinded Mara. Furthermore, 
a mendicant going totally beyond perceptions of form, with the ending of perceptions of impingement, not focusing on perceptions of diversity, aware that space is infinite, enters and remains in the dimension of infinite space. Furthermore, a mendicant going totally beyond the dimension of infinite space, aware that consciousness is infinite, enters and remains in the dimension of infinite consciousness. This is called a mendicant who has blinded Mara. Furthermore, a mendicant going totally beyond the dimension of infinite consciousness, aware that there is nothing at all, enters and remains in the dimension of nothingness. This is called a mendicant who has blinded Mara. Furthermore, a mendicant going totally beyond the dimension of nothingness enters and remains in the dimension of neither perception nor non-perception. This is called a mendicant who has blinded Mara. Furthermore, a mendicant going totally beyond the dimension of neither perception nor non-perception enters and remains in the cessation of perception and feeling, and having seen with wisdom their defilements come to an end. This is called a mendicant who has blinded Mara, put out his eyes without a trace, and gone where the wicked one cannot see, and they've crossed over clinging to the world. That is what the Buddha said. Satisfied, the mendicants approved what the Buddha said. This ends the Nirvapa Sutta. If you've enjoyed listening to the Buddha's Wisdom Podcast, please subscribe via your favourite podcast player for easy access to future episodes. And share this podcast with friends who may benefit from these easily accessible teachings. If you'd like to find out more about the Buddha's Wisdom Podcast, you can go to the everydaydharma.net website. If you'd like to support this free distribution Dharma project by making a one-off recurring donation, click on the Ko-Fi link in the show notes below. Thank you for listening. May you all find happiness and peace. Thank you.